0: Welcome to the podcast, Three Things That Matter. My name is Anne Blake, and in each episode, I interview a different guest. They are asked to bring three things that matter to them. These might vary from books and plants to places and occasions. These three things provide the jumping off point for discussion of the extraordinary in the everyday. Three Things That Matter is a Limerick Post podcast and is released every second Wednesday. In episode four of the second series, I speak to musician, voiceover artist, radio producer, and presenter, Paul McLoon. A man of many skills, Paul is the co-creator and co-writer of the Irish comedy sketch series, Gift Grub, as well as the lead vocalist and frontman of the Northern Irish pop-punk new wave band, The Undertones. For over 12 years, Paul hosted his nightly radio programme on Today FM, the Paul McLoone Show, which platformed and introduced many Irish bands onto the music scene. Paul is originally from Derry. So, Paul, uh, welcome. Delighted to have you on Three Things That Matter.
1: Thank you, Anne. It is uh, genuinely lovely, lovely to be asked to do this. Thank you.
0: Um, and what we tend to do with this is we just kind of get straight into it. So, okay. So what is your first thing?
1: Well, my first thing is my favorite record of all time. And uh, it's my favorite tune. It's my favorite song. It's my favorite single. They're my favorite band. And it's New Order Ceremony. It was the first New Order single and it was actually an old Joy Division song, quite caught it. history. Joy Division were a great, great band. They only made two albums between 1970 and 1980 uh, on factory records in Manchester. And then tragically, Ian Curtis, their lead singer, uh, took his own life and the remaining members of the band decided to carry on. And the first song that they recorded was an old, probably one of the last things that Ian wrote, uh, a Joy Division song that became the first New Order single. It was called Ceremony and it's my favourite record of all. D- despite the tragic provenance of the of the thing, it's just always been my my favorite song i just think it's there's something very um i don't know there's a kind of a sweet spot that uh that some songs kind of hit, mm-hmm. um which is it's kind of equal parts uplifting and sort of mournful it sort of moves you in and it sort of pulls you two directions at once and i think great great music does that it can kind of make you wistful but kind of optimistic at the same time if that doesn't sound completely absurd and Ceremony is one of those records that does that. It's just kind of obviously, unsurprisingly, given the given the whole mythos that sort of surrounds it, you, you can't really divorce it from that, but 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 in, in itself as a song, there's a kind of a, I don't know, a kind of a, a, a soaring sort of hopefulness to it that I just think is just beautiful. And, and there's this undertow of, of sadness to it as well. that that that's already there in the song and then obviously <clears throat> Excuse me, given the given the, the the tragedy of of the making of the record, it just makes it very powerful. And I just think there's something very powerfully um, hopeful. Uh, I wouldn't say optimistic, but hopeful about it. And um, I, I think for that reason, and I hadn't really thought about this, but maybe for that reason, in this in this time we're in, it's a great tune. Um, really, and maybe it's taken on a whole. A whole other meaning for me um but it's just always been my favorite thing so the seven inch and it's got to be the seven inch version by the way okay they they, re, they re-recorded it and uh it, it wasn't as good uh, so <laughs> they,
0: for, for those of us who don't who don't understand <coughs> maybe the the length obviously of a track on a on a vinyl uh, seven inches what would that be roughly in in minutes
1: oh they're both the, the 12 inches is, the, is the, pretty much the same length they just re-recorded it so it's about i think it's about four minutes you think i'd know this because i've listened to the thing maybe about ten thousand times but mm-hmm. i think it's about four minutes and 20 seconds long and there's just not a note out of place and the guy who produced it was a guy called martin hannah um, sadly also no longer with us Um kind of a a maverick um uh, producer a huge figure in the manchester post-punk um scene and uh, worked with loads and loads of bands uh probably best known for his work with joy division and the early part of new Order's career. and he just did such a great job on the on the production as well um it just sounds incredible but it's it, it do, do you understand what i'm saying it's got to be the seven inch version that's i hate to be a, a, a train spotter but it is important
0: i, I think you've heard <laughs> your right to be a train spotter when it comes to to records <laughs> well. but it, it's funny it doesn't and i hear it to my shame i don't know off the top of my head if, if i know that song which is kind mm.
1: of though no, it wasn't a big hit or anything i think it's just about like we're talking forty years ago now, so you're. I mean, you're only a mere child, <laughs> um, and it, it just kind of just sort of scraped under the bottom end of the of the UK top forty. I don't know what it did in Ireland. Actually, I, I really don't know. I imagine it wasn't much of a hit here either, um, and, and and it really wasn't a big. Deal. They weren't. They. You see, they weren't such a big band back then. You know, I mean, they'd had the Love of Terrace apart had been a hit and whatever, but yeah. they, they they weren't the huge band that we know. New Order to be now you know this was very much at the beginning well actually literally at the beginning of of the new order story so it wasn't a big hit it wasn't an independent label factory records it kind of grazed the top 40
0: mm-hmm.
1: in fact i imagine i i think now i probably bought my copy in in, in the remainder bin in quaver records <laughs> in Derry, which is where i got most of my records back then because you know when you're 14 you don't have a lot of money knocking around and yeah. uh um yeah there was a guy called patty rice sadly again uh patty has left us but he had a record shop in caroline road in Derry, quaver records great name wow and patty was uh, was was great because he would have um kind of remainder been reduced you know discounted Singles of of that came out last week weren't hits and were in the bin. Yeah, and uh, that was great because all the records that I like weren't hits, so you get them there, <laughs> you know. So uh, that, that was great. So God bless Paddy Rice. I'm keeping a a 14 year old dairy indie kid going. D- a-
0: th- there was such a glorious time. Like <clears throat> I know you 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 say I I'm only a wee thing. I'm I'm not really like oh, wa- <laughs> but what I mean in a great what I'm delighted about is I did grow up going. To record tape cd shops all the things uh, over the years and that idea of discovering something musically maybe yeah. because the person who works there is able to point you in a direction and and then there's the stuff from your friends or the stuff you're hearing on the radio but there's the magic of the record shop that is it I, it's hard to even put into words now because you know the 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 Monkeys out of the bottle. I don't know the metaphor, but you know, once you have the internet, it's hard to kind of imagine what the world was like when you had to discover your own music.
1: Absolutely, and I you know, I mean, although much is made of you know the the you know the the beauty of vinyl and it sounds so much warmer and there's the ritual of turning over to say, I I think that's all bollocks. I, I the 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 main thing for me was just physically, um. I don't mind CDs. I don't even mind streaming to be honest with you. I mean I hate the model mm. uh, for artists. Uh, obviously that's 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 a pain in the ass and that's got to change. Mm. But I don't mind how people access their music. Well the, the yeah it's exactly as you said the dimension that I really really miss was the the social dimension um, of of record buying and record find, not even necessarily buying. You know most of it was just hanging out. I mean I literally used to hang out in four different record shops in Derry. <laughs> Uh, And I'd only buy maybe one record a week because that's all I could afford. Mm. So that, that choice had to be very carefully weighed up and kind of, you know, decided after a great deal of, of you know, mulling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you'd go and there was Quaver records. God, I remember them all so vividly. And they all had characters. Quaver had Patty, God rest him, as I said. Then there was Ken's records, which actually wasn't run by a guy called Ken. It was run by a guy called Joe. And Joe was an American ex-serviceman. who was an ex-Navy guy who was a radio operator during the Vietnam War. Wow. So Joe had all those stories. Wow. Um, and he owned Ken's records. That was in Pump Street, now legendary because of its... Mentioned in Derry, girls. There really is a Pump Street in Derry. Oh yeah. And uh, I don't know about Cream Horns, but you could definitely buy records up there <laughs> in in Cairns. And Cam was a great character, um, and he used to have the singles. All his way of displaying the singles was he'd tack them with 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 thumbtacks, drawing pins, up on the on the walls of the record shop. So sometimes you go in and you you'd get the last one. Wow. And so you had you you'd proudly go home with your buzzcock single or whatever with the two tack holes at the top we'd <laughs> <laughs> taken it down off the wall you know of like that and then there was uh there was musica on shipney street there was kind of characters and that it was a wee bit intimidating in there actually uh i didn't i didn't i didn't dally in there but occasionally they'd have a 12 inch single that you couldn't pick up anywhere else so i got all my soft sell 12 inch records in there which i was mad about still am <laughs> and and then there was cosmo vinyl um, on the Strand Road in Derry which originally was just a port cabin on a bomb site literally a bomb site Now I don't want to do the whole oh, it was all blew up but it was all blew up <laughs> <laughs> Derry was actually flattened Like Derry looked like Hamburg in 1945 you know what I mean it was just it was kind of all gone and all these little sort of temporary semi-temporary places would, would spring up and Cosmo Vinyl was one of those uh, initially a, a port cabin. cabin wow. and You'd go in there and it was great. And the guy who owned that was a guy called Thomas Black, who went on to be hes still a friend of mine. He went on to be a very successful record executive down here in Dublin with EMI and then went on to do loads of other brilliant things. Um, But initially he was the proprietor of Cosmo Vinyl Records. And I really literally hung around. I that was where I basically it was like a drop in center. It was like a, you know, uh, a place to be that wasn't home or school. Yeah. Uh, really it was it was the third place and that is where i spent so much of my time and you would go there and you meet other people that were really into music and you they, they would tip you off about this band or that band it was educational and then there was thomas himself and a guy called jerry morrison once again sadly uh departed who was kind of great because you'd buy a single and he'd kind of sneer if it wasn't something that met with his uh approval you know so it was kind of you learned that, that oh that, that's not very cool okay put the barry man put the barry man low down <laughs> um uh, uh, and yeah, just these characters you know and, and that was the thing that i missed most about it it was just the not so much the, the f- obviously i'm a vinyl fan i love vinyl and i prefer vinyl mm. uh, but i really don't mind how you get your music it's just important that you get it but yeah. there's a filter that's absent i think without the uh, and playlists and you know sharing stuff online and, and and whatever that's all grand but it doesn't replace that idea of a hive a place where, you know, you mix with other people who are equally indie music, but but maybe different music from you. And, you know, like the mods would hang out and the rockers would hang out. And I learned from all those guys. I wasn't anything in particular. I liked all that stuff. So I, I liked the Stray Cats and the New Romantics and, and the jam. I liked all of it. You know, Motorhead. You know, I loved all of it. So I was hanging out with all these guys that were kind of maybe a little more regimented in their kind of um, genres, yeah. and I, I could learn from it. And I could, not only could I learn about it, I could learn the good stuff from the bad stuff, you know. And I, you know, you, you'd realize that Great White weren't terribly good, but Motorhead were brilliant, and yeah. they weren't really a, they weren't really a metal band anyway, of course. So you know, you, you'd sort of learned all that 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 kind of the layers and the subtleties and the kind of, you know, you you just got a great education you know, people ask me about my purported, my supposed, my mythical um, knowing of, you know, knowledge of about music and stuff, which really I don't know, I I really know very little, but what little I do know, (laughs) most of it I learned there, you know, I really got a grounding in, in, in music from talking to people about it and exchanging views and sometimes quite, you know, loudly. (laughs) 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 Yeah,
0: <laughs> 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 it, 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 but it's uh, it's it's interesting. And and on previous, um, I, I didn't previous uh, podcast a number of weeks ago with Morinacalig, and she talks about singing like as a singer. What she learned a lot wasn't just singing; it was being at the sessions as a kid, watching the other people yeah. p- p- yeah. sing. And it, it's that community. Th- it's the it's the absorbing that happens not just by doing one thing like that music is some kind of one-way transaction that you yeah just listen to it or something like that it's the people in the chat
1: yeah it's almost an osmosis thing and that's that's the very word and the word i was struggling to use and used 500 others that weren't as good community is is the word there was a community about it and online communities are all very well and they're great but they're not really communities you know because they don't have that kind of I guess that, that 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 multifaceted interaction and kind of osmosis thing where you're just you're just absorbing stuff from people you just don't even know what's going in it's just going in and you're yeah, it's um. It's, it's sadly absent now, I think, from, from I think, online in general, I have, a, I have a bit of a growing issue with because of the, the much, ta- I mean, I'm not the first person to point this out, obviously, but, you know, there is that kind of isolated bubbliness of it um, mm-hmm. that, that I think is is detrimental on a, on a very profound human level to, to to how we are. Just how we are is is kind of not helped by that. And God knows we need all the help we can get with how we are. And uh, I think online, if it, 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 it has a has a bit of a downside on, on that score, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, the kind of this, I suppose the silo existence, the kind, of, yeah. the, the lack of, uh, or you might say something like, I don't know, great white aren't aren't good or whatever you might say, but that's just time Yeah, in apologies type.
1: to great white <laughs> for the way it was it was a merely a, a, a pithy <laughs> inconsequential aside
0: no but like it, it is an aside but if you type that or whatever and some are somebody else is like wait a minute they're great and it goes from not yeah, yeah so fast rather than
1: yes I and i i think it is starting to inculcate into people's actual kind of sadly given what we've just been talking about i, I think people are, it's starting to inform how we are with each other just in the real world Mm. the actual world that that actually is real um where people i think have very little patience with each other at the moment they they can't everybody's on a short fuse now i get it we're 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 up against it and and things have been absolutely fucking shit for so long now i understand why people are perhaps on a bit of a you know uh, a short fuse but Mm. there does seem to be an aspect of of how we interact that, that seems to be coming from 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 those platforms. I, I maybe it's just me, maybe I'm just old, I don't know, but I just get the feeling we're a, a little a little rude to each other unnecessarily and a bit impatient with each other unnecessarily. And
0: I think uh, it's a little bit more shocking when you meet someone th- that you don't agree with them on something. Like if they say something offhand that you don't and I'm talking about I'm not talking about anything yeah. particularly important. Well, you kind like. What, what do you mean? You don't like whatever? or You don't like that band, or you don't like that TV show? And it's like yeah. we can't talk about this anymore. Rather than let's chat about. Like I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's like our brains are kind of adjusting that we can't really disagree in a in a healthy way. That it's kind of.
1: Do you know what? Maybe it's two two sides of the same coin. You know, mm-hmm. maybe but, because I, I do find it. Yeah, I I, I, I do find myself a, a little shy of of discussing stuff now all right i find that i just don't have the patience to discuss So <laughs> it sounds awful <laughs> but it's true i kind of go ah so you don't like suede i don't give a fuck yeah <laughs> whereas maybe <laughs> maybe a few years ago i'd have been well i'd have you know dogman star is the finest album of the century, and, <laughs> and i demand you withdraw that remark forthwith sir, or i shall demand satisfaction <laughs> uh, yeah, I, maybe I again Maybe I'm just old. You know what? Maybe I'm just old. Maybe it's it's the kids are fine. They're fine with it. They're the future. Good luck to them. Good luck, you know. To them. And I'll I, I'll just I, I will just not critique their world. Uh, really, I, I I I realize that I have no. No business or place doing that, so I won't.
0: Well, the kids are probably all right. It's always it's always about us, Paul. Really, it's always about our yes. own experiences, and are um,
1: the important ones. We've course. had our fun, and that's all that matters. <laughs> that's all
0: that matters. But it, it's true, though, um, that I think there there is a a magic to kind of interacting with with other people around um, an interest or whatever in, in person. Absolutely, and, and I think. What I I have been known to say in the past around all the online stuff and look we're technically online right now. Let's face it, there's a lot of great. Yes, stuff, exactly. Yes. But that it's a it's a placeholder. It's not a replacement. So while yeah. while the world re- recalibrates, um, I still think nothing will ever replace people in a room interacting with each other. Whatever that it would be in a shop or be it a uh, a performance, but at the same time we don't want to lose everything. So we do have online to keep things afloat.
1: But, uh... Um, Absolutely. And of course, you know, we shouldn't be too uh, dark and pessimistic. I mean, there, there still are great record shops, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's, the, like, here in Dublin, I'm sure there's many great ones in, in, in Limerick and, yep. and all over the country. Yeah. And here in Dublin, like, I, I just, just the other day, I was in uh, a shop called he in, in, in George's Arcade in Dublin. And it's just great in there. Yeah. Because it's full of, <laughs> it's full of the guys like me. You know, guys <laughs> just go... Uh, yeah you don't get out that much do you you're just into the you're just into the tunes just like me you know you're a bit of a hobbit and you just love the tunes fair play to you, you know and I, I i i love all that you know and you can talk to you know and there's guys behind the counter there that will and ananda you, you can have those hobbit record hobbit conversations with you know so yeah I, yeah that's it, it's still there it's still there it's yeah. just not as it's not as there as it used to be, which I think is 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 a wee bit sad, and I'm not being just nostalgic about that for the reasons we've just been discussing. I think they they are important things, and other places like them for other people's enthusiasms, motorbikes, washing machines, whatever it is that, that that floats your boat. You know, those places um, need to be cherished and 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 kind of treasured and and. And supported if necessary to survive. I think I think it is that important. You know, they're 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 crucial to to the how we are. You know, we need we need those places. We need those those walk in spaces where you can just enthuse about whatever it is with with like minded folk. You know, I think that's so so important.
0: It it is true, and I I can see it as I have a I have a, a, a nephew. Um, my you know my brother James. Uh, of course, yeah. his his eldest son is fourteen, and he's um embarking in music himself and he's a great band called vacuity giving them a little shout-out. vacuity vacuity yeah uh, but
1: I, I i don't have my dictionary
0: i oh it, it's somebody i asked it, him and he said it means stupid and i went great a, a, a smart word for stupid i love it as that is
1: so is vacuous the adjective that goes with vacuity yes the absolutely. noun. Ah. yeah it's an education hanging out
0: with you, huh? I tell it well. He educated me, but um, <laughs> but it's like I see the importance of of he's fourteen, like and um, like it's very important that there's non alcoholic spaces young fellas can go to to, to interact around music, you know, because yeah, y- you know, because g- gigs thankfully there's more gigs for young people or that that's been well that's always been there there's always been underage kind of setups but a music shop was always a great it was always a great place to be a teenager because you're kind of not let in anywhere because you'll go into a coffee shop and, you know buy one cup of coffee for five yeah. hours
1: seven di- yeah exactly yeah. where you gotta hang
0: out in the shop but um but yeah i mean they it's 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 important for as we said um uh, developing that community and i must check out that song because um it sounds, the ceremony by New Order, because it
1: sounds... Oh, yeah, it's so beautiful. I mean, really beautiful, you know, and, and it's funny as well, uh, the, the, the band, when they recorded it, they didn't... Ian Curtis had written the lyrics, but hadn't. I, I don't think they had them, he, he'd written them down anywhere, or if he had, they couldn't find them. And so they, they really just had a little demo that they'd recorded, um, not, not terribly well, or, a little, or maybe a wee rehearsal room boombox tape, yeah, uh, even maybe and uh, anyway, Ian's vocals on it were very, very murky. <laughs> so they had to just use a. Gra- Do you remember graphic equalizers, kids? Uh, they had to use a, the graphic. So it's like an EQ control on the, on the stereo, literally trying to kind of make out the words. So they jotted down what they thought were the words of the song, which creatively is quite interesting. Wow. Um, so Whoa. they're not even sure if the lyrics that are on the record are really the lyrics that Curtis wrote. They, they're, they're pretty sure of most of them, but some of them, they just, they had to give it their best guess. But the funny thing is the lyrics are great, you know? Yeah. It's got a great opening line. This is why events unnerve me. And but what a, Like yeah. you gotta love a song that starts with that line, you know? Wow. Uh, again, very resonant with, with, with how we're maybe feeling at the minute, you know, this is why events unnerve me. And I just, I just love, it. I I love it. I won't spoil it for everybody. Go go check it out. New Order ceremony, seven inch version. It's just beautiful.
0: Go well, absolutely. And what a wonderful, a wonderful segue into your second thing.
1: Okay, well, I'll tell you what. We'll go with a we'll go with a film next. Mm-hmm. And my favorite film, uh, it, it, it's it's you know it, it it's not Tarkovsky or anything like that. Although I love all that stuff. I love all that foreign jazz, but. My favorite film is Jazz, or as it's known in the real world, Jaws. <gasps> I... uh, jazz. Uh hey, Jazz. There's a great joke. There's a great, great joke, but I won't bore people with it now. Uh but anyway. Um You
0: can't you can't let it hang like that. What, what's what's the great joke?
1: Well, I've kinda of done the I've done the punchline already. Oh. But anyway, guy guy from who goes on Mastermind. Okay. And uh, your name? And this is oh, Cecil, Cecil McGinty. Oh, yeah, Cecil McGinty. Uh, Occupation a farmer. It's, it's, and your specialist subject, jazz. Okay, Cecil McGinty, 30 seconds on jazz. whatever Solonius Monk was best known for his mastery of which instrument, passed Miles Davis' most famous album is called Kind of? Pass. So jazz question after jazz question after jazz question. Pass, 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 pass. At the end of that round, you scored no points. You passed on 49. Uh, so the guy doesn't get anywhere in mastermind. And afterwards in the green room, you know, Magnus Magnuson or whoever kind of walks up to you and says, don't think me rude or anything, but I couldn't help but notice you. You said your specialist subject was jazz. You failed to answer a single question. You clearly, you clearly know nothing, nothing about jazz. I mean, I, I just, I don't understand. I'm sorry. I said, oh God, I know all about jazz. You didn't ask me anything about jazz. Every single question was about jazz. You didn't answer, you didn't answer a single, but you passed on every one, 49 flipping questions on jazz about which you clearly know nothing I, like, I know all about jazz okay just name me name me your favorite piece your favorite bit in in, in all of jazz what's your favorite the bit where the big shark jumps up in the boot and bites your man in half <laughs> <So that's jazz. laughs> and with that in mind dear listener if you're there <laughs> uh if you're still with yes us. Jaws, 1975. Steven Spielberg, uh, Roy Scheider, uh, Richard Dreyfuss, and obviously the brilliant Robert Shaw as Quint. Uh, I'm holding the DVD. I'm rattling the DVD. Actually, it's the Blu-ray, folks. It's oh, very
0: good, very nice. Um,
1: yes, my favorite film, greatest film ever made. Absolutely. I just I, I saw it when I was what age was I in 1975? Oh God, Almighty, I was eight. Okay. I was eight and my dad, my late father, who was uh, an absolute hero, uh, took me and my sister Anne-Marie out of school on a a bleak Monday afternoon in Derry and took us to the Rialto cinema. You see (laughs) Jaws, Jaws, you see Jaws, Jesus. (laughs) Uh, That'll teach me to tell terrible jokes on the internet. (laughs) Uh, And we went to see Jaws. And being the sly old dog that he was, he told uh, the teachers at, the, at both our schools, I was at a boys' school, Anne-Marie was at a girls' school, I was there in the 70s, and told all the teachers that we, were, we had a dental appointment to see. <laughs> and we, we, we went to see Jaws. And it was just, he hated it. He thought it was, well, he didn't hate it, he just thought it was crap. I, really? I blew, yeah, he didn't like it. Yeah, he just, he just didn't enjoy it. I loved it. I, I blew my eight-year-old mind and continues to do so to this day and i just just love it because all yeah okay it's it's i see the flaws in it but i just love it as a film i love it as a drama i love the characters i love the way the three actors uh interrelate stuck on that boat with each other it's just such brilliant 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 writing brilliant acting uh, the shark's a bit the shark's kind of not really what it's about <laughs> you know, it's oh kinda,
0: completely yeah yeah <laughs> you
1: know so it's about men and 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 how they are and how we are i say, i guess um yeah i just love it absolutely love that film are you a fan
0: i do, do you know what recently we put it on i am a fan and uh we lit a fire which is always a danger because kind of halfway through <laughs> we're both falling, yeah. falling asleep not because of the movie just because uh, we you know, this little stove that just blasts yeah, yeah. blasts us out of it but um no absolutely i, I have a friend who's a, a marine biologist and uh he has a bit of an issue because he loves sharks and he's like yeah. sharks don't chase people they, they don't they don't but you re- as you said that's not what the movie's about and it it's um it's just remarkable and the suspense and the world building of it and the i mean the town politics good god oh (laughs)
1: fantastic yeah i I mean the 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 secret yeah the secret star of the show is 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 uh uh what's the case oh god murray 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 hamilton i think the actor's name was um played playing the 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 mayor who's who's the real villain of the of it's not the shark i mean this your friend is quite right of course it's a bit it's a it does give give sharks a bit of a bit of a bad press and it did and that's that's obviously wrong in mm. these enlightened times but yeah uh, larry vaughn the mayor is, is the real is the true villain of of the of the piece
0: it's been yeah. it's it's actually i think jaws has really come back into the psyche in the last two years because um there was a lot of this idea we can't shut down our industry for the sake of a, yes. of a danger and uh, and there was a lot of memes and GIFs of the mayor going, we're opening up, uh, everything will be fine. And
1: and it was precisely for this renewed sociological resonance that I included it. No, it's not. No, it's not. But that's very good.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that sense of uh, like, and it's a big conversation we're all having. And you and I were having it even before um, we pressed record, especially with the music yeah. industry being battered, by, the live industry in generally being battered by, by restrictions. But th- th- I think there was... Um, particularly the the countries particularly probably england you know being compared to everything's fine folks let's just open everything up and it's like um it's and then this was before the vaccine as well i think um this kind of blind industry must go ahead um and i think we we want something in between but this mayor was the face of that on the internet and it's it's so brilliant because you forget that with a movie like that everyone just thinks of the shark and the Da-da-da-da-da. the most yeah, amazing yeah. simple use of two notes but um we we forget the whole intricacies and how well the town is created
1: oh it's so good i mean it, it, for people who haven't seen it, it it actually how spielberg approached it i it, really amazes me still it's so kind of it, it, it takes this approach where every everybody in it's a character mm-hmm. you know even if they don't have a line you know there's yeah. there's people in it that are just physically there they're they're kind of they're they're kind of extras basically but they're kind of not they're kind of characters as well and and the like the scene in the in the in the, the kind of council office or whatever when they're when they're doing the whole will we close the beach thing um and they're all talking at once and they're all talking over each other. And down on the beach, they're all kind of interacting and talking and talking past each other and talking over. And it's just so, you're, you're really there. I mean, it kind of, as a filmmaker, I think Spielberg hit on something brilliant there. And I saw him use it again a couple of times in other films. But he, he really, he, it, in Jaws, it's just so well done. Mm. Where it's, you, you're, you really feel that you're in a real town with real people and there's a real thing going on. And it's affecting them and you're there with them and it's just brilliantly 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 done and how he did it I don't know did he give them all lines to say that they he let them improv mm. I, I don't know how he did it it's just really hard I, actually as I'm proving hard to kind of describe you just got to <laughs> see it um, and it gives the film a unique kind of atmosphere a kind of a you know kind of real uh atmosphere that, that that i think goes along even from the even the opening bit where they're all the, the kids are having their campfire on the beach and mm. one of them's a, one of them's about to be breakfast for the shark yeah um but before that happens there's a whole kind of party on the beach thing and it just feels so real it doesn't really feel like a film at all you feel like you're actually there and and and, and the atmosphere is so brilliantly created um so i mean apart from all the you know the blood and gore and the kind of The suspense element, of course, which is a huge, huge part of what makes the film take. There's all that little nitty gritty, fine sort of detail, almost like, you know, um, I guess like pointless. Sort of approach that just it's all little tiny little details and yeah,
0: it just create creates the the inaneness, I suppose. That
1: yeah, the everyday, yeah, it, it's, yeah. A bit, it's
0: a bit boring at times before, yeah. so that when this uh, the attack comes, it's like, oh Jesus, uh, absolutely, you feel yeah. like it, it set a lot of trend, it, it did a lot of things for the first time. So, even that idea, you're watching a film, you think it's about one thing, and then you realize that idea of the opening scene being about characters we don't see again uh yes or you know, that they are the kind of <laughs> as a friend of mine would say the stupid girl who gets killed at the beginning of whatever film yeah. that sets the tone for the rest of it it wasn't that wasn't particularly the norm before that and this those little touches where there's a guy throwing a stick into the water with his dog and then there's a yes. kid there's a kid out on the uh on the on the lilo or the the the, the floating mattress. Yes. And you, you just have this second where the guy's like, I don't know, the dog is called Penny or something like that. And it's like, Penny, Penny. And it's yeah. just a little before the kid gets eaten, you realize, oh, the dog is gone. You know, and, and it's those, I suppose, suspense building, I suppose, what, what kind of fed more into horror than anything. But it felt like yeah. it was the first film that did that.
1: Yeah. it it, it, it And it all happens. In broad daylight, you know, it's kind of broad daylight, sunny. The, of course, famously, they, they shot the thing in, in very cold weather. In, oh, did in, they? Uh, yeah, in Mar- Martha's, uh, I think, I think Martha's Vineyard or somewhere like that. Anyway, a very posh part of um, the East Coast, and uh, yeah, it was actually, it it, it wasn't. It wasn't summer at all. It was actually autumn. I think, and quite quite cold. And everybody had to pretend they were, they, you know, it was summer and they oh were no. at the beach. And, <laughs> I, I, actually, the, the brilliant, almost as brilliant as Jaws itself, is the story of the making of Jaws. There's a, there's a, uh, a book called uh, The Jaws Log, written by a guy called Carl uh, Gottlieb. I think his name is. He he's actually a character in it. He's actually the one of the one of the uh, one of the, the, the mayor's um, sort of henchmen in mm. the in the movie. Um, and he he actually contributed to the script uh, and was a, was had a small part in the film and kept a diary of the making of the film and it's just brilliant. I mean, how how it even got made is as uh, astonishing almost as, as anything in the film. It was just beset beset with problems from beginning to end. Really, uh, every, everything that could possibly go wrong on that film went wrong, and Spielberg somehow got it over the line at the age of I think he was something like twenty six. I mean, ridiculously young. Yeah, and. It's it, it, that itself, I think, is just an amazing story. Um, but yeah, absolutely, there is that kind of uh, a new approach to that suspense. It, almost kind of hitchcocky I mean, There's a kind of a Hitchcockian kind of thing going on, whereas you know. Mm-hmm. You're not sure where to look. It's a bit of a bit and switch. You're kind of going, "What? Where? I'm. I know the balls here somewhere, but which ball is my eye supposed to be on?" And then you know, he, he hits you with. It. Just a, I, I know nothing about filmmaking, really, literally zero. But I I do love films, well, and I, I just yes. think it's a, it's a tremendously well made film.
0: It is. And sorry, you made a good point, Hitchcock. Sorry, um, Psycho did that. Psycho did have a person for a big chunk of the film that you think you're following, and then yes, <laughs> she just gets really? killed, and you realise it was not yeah. about her at all. So they yeah, they they along. Yeah that out a lot longer but um no it's 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 a lot of fun it's surprisingly fun actually for for what is often considered you know horror or a or a suspense thriller you know where it's actually yeah and it's funny you say put the the total total aside but um you know the wicker man oh i love that <laughs> well music everything it's it's but apparently similarly it was meant to be like hot weather in the scene, but they were freezing. It was it was the wrong time right. of year, and they famously had to put ice cubes in their mouth so their breath wouldn't be visible at the oh, end. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> so that it looked like the summer, but it they looked,
1: looked like it was. Uh, I love that
0: <laughs> they were freezing. Um,
1: oh, great! We did a thing. We we did a festival, it was kind of like a wicker man type festival over in Scotland or somewhere, and uh, at the end they they burned a big wicker man. No, um, no no one was in it I hope no nobody as far as I know nobody was in it but I thought it would be hilarious if I videoed it on my phone and then the whole time just went oh no oh Christ oh no oh Jesus Christ uh and then played it back, and everybody was doing the same thing. There was like about ten different guys going, "Oh no! Oh, Christ! Oh Jesus Christ! Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> Folks, if you haven't seen the Wicker Man, you're going to have to watch it. Now that you know what that joke's all about. But anyway, it's uh, yeah
0: tell you,
1: telling you, oh, I love that. I love, I, I love the Wicker Man. Yeah, the music is brilliant as well. I've got the, I've got the soundtrack. It's yeah. just, it's really. Do you know what? There's something. Uh, very, very. I mean, it's a very, very different movie to Jaws, and mm. there's something genuinely unsettling about the Wicker Man. The, the, the to, to this day, I think it taps into. Uh, obviously, it's 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 so it's it's a movie that uh, that has pagan themes, and um, I think it taps into some sort of collective uh, buried memory or pagan sort of psyche that we have, or something. There's just something really. Profoundly unsettling about it, and I think it's kind of messing with with stuff that, that 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 we've got buried very very deeply as people. You know, there's just something really incredibly uh, powerful about that. For me, anyway, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just a secret pagan. But anyway, I I, I just find it. It's one of my favorite films. Yeah,
0: it's fa- it's fab. And and like the, you realize, that like most of pagan stuff in it is actually quite positive but it, it is also framed in this in this horror uh wait literally so.
1: yeah actually now that you mention it i, I that hadn't really occurred to me but yeah i mean a lot of the stuff's just fun and then it takes a it takes a big big turn for the not so much fun <laughs> <But> <laughs> i guess i suppose the pagans just like the ocean oceanic uh fans and the shark fans and whatever and and obviously professionals that i don't mean to disrespect in 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 both it feels and probably people who really know their pagan stuff or whatever are probably a bit upset with with uh, maybe the interpretation that paganism is inherently bad or anything. Do you know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> I, I I personally think it looks like great crack. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I'm all for for hopping around uh, naked around a maple, You know, if the <laughs> well if the okay.
0: You you should check out. There's a fantastic gang in in Ireland called Pagan Rave. Um. Actually, Wernicke, who I met, mentioned, uh, was on a previous episode herself and her husband Eric, kind of run it. And they make masks and they oh, wow. do events and are they like mummers? They do all that kind of stuff. They do, they live in Kerry. They do it on um, they do stuff on Stephen's Day. They do. Ren boys, all the stuff, but they 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 do events maybe at festivals and people dress like they make the costumes and it's just a ton of crack. Oh, ah, brilliant, cool,
1: brilliant. So. I I I would I secret well no no longer secretly because I'm saying it. I would love to do stuff like that. I I think I would love to just as Peter Gabriel said walk straight out of the machinery <laughs> just go <laughs> well, just <I> would <laughs> go and be that and live very simply and just do do stuff like that that's great <laughs> and, and entertain people and travel the land and uh, and dance and sing Absolutely. and uh, for, a bit of, for a bit of grub and a couple of couple of pints and I would be a happy man
0: happy man well look watch this space we're all having to to readjust our careers in the last <laughs> year too so why not yeah. why not so I think that brings us quite happily into our your final, your third and final thing
1: Okay well uh, just like charades we've had a song uh, we've had a film, D- You hope you're doing the hand gestures now everybody, we've had a song <laughs> we've had a film one word, it's always Jaws it's always <laughs> Jaws by the way uh, so thirdly and finally to a book now it's a bit <laughs> uh, 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 I am a, a, a hugely literary man <laughs> And uh, as as we know, of course, um, and I have read many, many, I have many leather bound books in my library. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it, a, a genre that's often, well, maybe less so these days, but certainly back back when it really began um, to, to, to get a bit of credence, as as with all these things, it was met with a bit of resistance from the old guard. Um, the graphic novel or the comic book, the kind of elevation to, to kind of literary status proper um, for it. And uh, as I say, that's, that's, that, 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 that kind of snobbery is uh, much, much waned now. But, but I, re- I do remember back in the day the kind of um, can, the, the debate of can comics be liter- literature? Can the graphic novel be, you know, a, a legit sort of... And of course, what well, an absurd question. Of course it can. Mm. Um, and it is. Uh, and one of the great um works in that genre if you like is is watchmen oh, um yeah. by alan Moore and and art uh, by by dave Gibbons and it's just oh my God where do you even start with with watchmen if if people haven't seen it, it there, there's been a movie which a lot of people hated jack Snyder, i i Zack Snyder is it yeah mm-hmm. I, I, or is it jack exactly you are um I actually quite like the film. Mm-hmm. And there's been a, a TV uh, kind of sequel, uh, which is brilliant on HBO. But you really have to have read the original graphic novel to understand anything that's going on in the TV show. Mm-hmm. So if you're one of those people who tried with the TV show and kind of went two episodes in and just went, I haven't a clue what's going on here, it's because you haven't read Watchmen. But if you had read Watchmen, you'd have got it. Um and I recommend that you do, and then and then watch the HBO series because that was brilliant as well. I absolutely loved that. But Watchmen, the original thing, came out back in the sort of t- towards the end of the ni- 1980s, I think. Mm-hmm. I certainly first encountered it in 1989 uh, in London. I was staying with my cousin over there. Uh, she lived in Harrow at the time, and it was such a hot summer. I always remember that. It was a really dreadfully hot summer and just staying indoors because go- going outside was just life-threateningly hot yeah. um, and reading reading a lot. And, and they had a copy of Watchmen. I think her partner at the time, um, uh, who I went to school with and who is now actually a, a comic book artist, Charlie Gillespie's his name. And he's, he, he was an aspiring one then and he's a very successful one now. Wow. Anyway, I digress. I think it must have been his copy of Watchmen that I read and it just, you know, when things like a song or a film, like I kind of a thread throughout this, but a, a thing that just gets you at a certain point in your life and just blows your mind, and you're never quite the same after it. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that's really that's kind of really what 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 art and culture is really about, isn't it? I mean, that's 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 it's that should be its aim and its function. I think is to just really open your mind to make you think about stuff that you did that hadn't occurred to you before, or just movie on a profound level that you never forget or change your perception of, of your world. Um, and Watchmen really did that. I, it it works on so many levels. So it's straight up a kind of a comic book. It's about basically it's about superheroes at a time when, and these are kind of very human superheroes, mm. if you like, uh, they're, you know, most of them anyway, aren't really super powered. One of them is, and that's kind of basically the, the thing that drives drives the book. One of them literally is godlike in his powers, uh, and the others um, find themselves in a world that, that that they feel that they've kind of saved, but no longer wants them. Mm-hmm. And they are they're they're banded together, but they're kind of set apart as well. They have their own uh, kind of in, internal. Frictions and, and differences, and differences of philosophy, and you know, it, it explores all kinds of ideas, like the, the the idea of of free will, and and you know, fascism, and and uh, when you know, who watches the Watchmen? I mean, that's that's kind of where, where where the where the title comes from, and it's just it's just endlessly, I think, relevant, and um, more and more as as we seem to be uh, certainly. Democracy seems to be losing its luster in in various parts of the world. Mm-hmm. You're kind of looking at at, at at stuff like like Watchmen and kind of realizing how how deep it really goes and how the questions that it asks about you know wh- where is the line and uh, you know wh- when when do we cross it and should we cross it and maybe there's a case for crossing it and you know it's just really complex and it doesn't really give you any kind of pat sort of well this is the way and this is the this is the this is the the kind of um, this is the right answer. You know, it sort of leaves you going, "Wow, maybe there's something really profound here that I really have to think about a bit more than your average comic would." You know, would would, would perhaps invite you to do. And mm-hmm. I just love Watchmen, and I'm deliberately trying not to spoil it for people because <laughs> it's just it's just so great. Uh, if you're if you're someone who doesn't normally read comics or care about comics or think that comics can be in any way anything beyond mere disposable sort of frivolous entertainment, uh, Watchmen is is the book that will change your mind on that. Uh, Alan Moore, who, who wrote it, has also written so many other brilliant things like V for Vendetta yeah. and uh, From Hell, which is an incredible well,
0: that's,
1: uh, that's the Jack meditation the Ripper. on Jack the Ripper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just, and it's, 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 the, the complexity of it is just actually kind of mind-boggling. And uh, he's, he's just such a talent yeah, and a famously, um, I don't know if he's difficult or not. I've never met the man, so it's not fair fair of me to say. But he's he's he, a lot of his stuff has been adapted for for movies, and he sort of insists on not being mentioned or having his name taken off things because he yeah. just doesn't like the way they've done his stuff, which is fair enough. It's fair um, enough. Yeah. But, but but Watchmen is the is the kind of is the way in there. I think I think it's his most single most um, accomplished, uh, graceful and there's so much going on in it i mean not even just the political stuff and the sociological stuff but you know time and the nature of of the universe and and how we perceive it and, and uh, it's just incredible it's just incredible
0: the storytelling is is just so complex and simple at the same time like it's
1: yeah and it all kind of hangs together you know you 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 have to read it a couple of times because there'd be a little reference at the start of it and you sort of don't really get it until maybe the end you go mm. oh right that's what that was and even the there's kind of these kind of i guess these days they're called easter eggs in the visuals you know there's these little cues and sort of clues and and puzzles and sort of you sort of realize oh he's he's made that he's done that in that pattern for a reason and it's actually it's actually telling you something but you didn't get it at the time Mm. there's probably a hundred things in there that i still probably haven't gotten that's why i i i you know, I reread it every couple of years because it's just apart from anything else. It's just a brilliant story. Very, very well told uh, and really, really makes you think. Um, And if that's a book's job. And Watchmen definitely does that. And as you say, the storytelling is Relatively straightforward, but at the same time, there's so much complexity going on. It's just an incredible piece of art,
0: and it's it's it has had this kind of cast such a long shadow that it it's 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 influenced things like The Incredibles and the boys the the you know like from two ver- the boys is a a, a very yeah, a yeah very dark series about corporate uh superheroes but and then the, the incredibles like it took a little element of i suppose um superheroes being targeted you know the way um yes they they also go into hiding because they were being targeted and uh yeah. which i mean and that, and that and they're in the incredibles uh um similarity kind of ends you know because the watchman is 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 much darker and 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 they don't use the literal characters but um the way the boys that that series on on prime i think is yeah just looks at the i think what you're saying is where democracy ends what, what happens with these people who are really powerful who are yeah who are being kind of horde out to corporations what does that do to society
1: absolutely uh, it, it's it's uh, as you said that it's what we yeah, I mean, the, both those things are in, in, in the shadow of Watchmen, absolutely. I, I hadn't really occurred to me about The Incredibles, actually, following off until you mentioned it, so well, there you go. Um, the, the,
0: re- the reason I, I'm not all that, that super smart is I'm like, when I started, somebody lent me The Watchmen. I I'm it was actually right around the time V for Vendetta came out as a movie. I became right. aware of, a friend of mine had and lent me these, and, uh, um, and he said, oh, just as you know, The Incredibles got influence you know no when he was putting it into context for me that's what he said and mm. um because he'd be a very much comic book person and would know the the ins and outs so yeah it had a it, it was kind of a starting point this was a jumping off point for uh that idea but obviously the incredibles went
1: yeah i mean the incredibles is a, it's just a fun movie see, but yeah. yeah i mean absolutely that that, that idea of yeah I, I can't believe i missed that huh? but there you go <laughs> yes the, the the superheroes, yeah, you've got too big for your boots, or you're too powerful, or you're you're, you know, you're useful to us up to a point, and then you become no You know, it's almost like Blade Runner. You become uh, you become a danger, so we've got to eradicate you. You know, and uh, it's it's just a very very interesting. Uh, knife edge that, 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 that it explores you know because um, I suppose and I just, uh, uh,
0: yeah I suppose like Alan Moore would have grown up in a time when he was being exposed to Batman and, like all the, the the heroes being the good guys and you know that kind yes. of binary simplistic good and bad whereas like well they're humans are they're people with wants exactly
1: <laughs> yeah know? and it's it's just not as simple as that and, uh, I, I, and in fairness I think um, in, in in a way Comics in general have had to up their game because of maybe not just Watchmen, but certainly work like Watchmen and uh, uh, that, that kind of wave of, of the, that initial wave of, I guess, for want of a better term, grown up comics that, mm. uh, that emerged in, in, in the, the, the late 90s, like Batman itself, like The Killing Joke and, and, uh, uh, and the, the, you know, The, the, the Dark Knight um, and all that sort of stuff. I, it forced comics to they really kind of up their game as well and become maybe a bit more nuanced and a bit more kind of complex and uh, acknowledge the fact that, uh, you know, if you do go around in, in a funny costume, basically beating bad people up um there's a certain yeah yeah that, that's that that's fine but it's actually not fine you will probably get arrested for doing that <laughs> <laughs> and you know the 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 burglar that you beat nine shades of shit out of will see you and <laughs> you know and and he'll probably win you know and and you'll go to jail yeah. um yeah you know so it's it's kind of yeah it kind of i, I think has been a good thing but but of of in uh, and of itself, I just think stuff like Watchmen sort of just stands apart yep. of its genre, really, and it just becomes a, a really interesting and important uh, literary work that that makes you think. Uh, like I say, as uh, the risk of repeating myself, that I think that's that's the function of 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 culture and art, really. You know, it makes you think. It makes you look at your world and think about it, and maybe come to some conclusions that you you know, you you mightn't even be comfortable with. You know, it just it kind of challenges you and and helps you grow. Mm. And uh, I think I think Watchmen really is, is, a, is a is a brilliant piece of work. I mean, it's it's uh, as I say, I say some of the stuff that it may be saying isn't maybe stuff that's necessarily nice, n- sort of nice stuff, you know, and, and, and all sort of tied up with a bow and the word's is lovely. It's kind of basically saying, no, actually, the, the, the word isn't. It's, it's a really complex and frustratingly unjust and uh, dangerous place, uh, dangerous in, in all sorts of ways, and um, I just love it for that. I, I, I'm going to read it again now.
0: Well, I'm actually look; <laughs> it's in my hand right now. Um, Whoa, I, I, I you as go. you were talking, it's on, it's, it's on my, on my shelf. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I.
1: Well, it's nice to meet another fan.
0: Oh well, th- this is it. I mean, it, it was a number of year, years ago. This friend of mine got me reading Beaver Vendetta* and then *The Watchman*, and I understand why Alan Moore might. Uh, have been happy because i think with the book a film adaptation can only do, it has to dilute it whereas like a tv series can delve in and take the time mm. and and you know and i remember watching v for vendetta and feeling oh there's a lot of shortcuts taken and it was just seemed watered down
1: <laughs> yeah the v for vendetta movie i i just think it, it actually doesn't work as a movie because the character has to have that mask on all the time and you can't it doesn't work in a, a some, some things just don't work as films, you know, they, they really just don't translate. And I think that was a big problem with that. And yes, that it got very simplified and, and you had a feeling it was a very chopped chopped down cut of a much, much longer, much more complex film, perhaps, I don't know, but you kind of got that feeling that there was bits missing and, uh, just to just to get it down to two hours or whatever, you know. Well but I mean to, I,
0: to, to totally to totally blow your mind. I remember reading V for Ned and realising at one point it wasn't super specific about gender sometimes and that maybe V is a woman. I don't know. You know yeah, which you, you can do in yeah. comic you can do in comics in a way you can't do in movies. You, you can't yeah. you know, but uh,
1: Because you gotta give it a physicality and you gotta give it a voice. A voice and you you sort yeah. of yeah. Yeah. Uh, but just that impassive mask that is fine in a comic yes making making that work in a film and you can't really do anything to the mask because you'll ruin it it's got to be that kind of that's the whole point of the mask it is this very impassive unreadable thing mm-hmm. but in a film it sort of didn't quite work moving around didn't it just i find it anyway sort of slightly uh awkward um to, to, to be the central character in a movie you know with that mask the whole time it just didn't didn't work for me but the comic is I mean, the, the book is just fantastic. There's, there's, I, I, I must dig music. that out again as well. <laughs> remember,
0: he uh, V uh, writes songs, and there's actual no- yeah notation music and piano music in the book
1: and everything. Yeah, I, you know, Ah, uh, he's just uh, is just, uh, he's, he's he's such a talent. I mean, he's he's probably a bit mad, but he's great. You know, he's just such a talent. You know, I, I think he maybe you have to be a little mad to be great. You know, and I, I Maybe maybe he's an example of that. You know, he's 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 mad in a great way because. He's clearly very obsessive. Um, when, when he when he decides to, to write about someone, it's he's not messing around, you know. And uh, uh, yeah, V for Vendetta Watchmen from Hell, which again I recommend. It's not it's not for the um easily offended or the squeamish, mm-hmm. um, but it is an amazing, an amazing piece of art and just so beautiful in its own way although it's dealing with terrible ugly dreadful things but um it's it's a fantastically researched and put together book um about very very about a very very dark obviously a very very dark uh, subject but just just brilliant just brilliant and very 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 long but brilliant
0: oh paul i tell you i feel we could continue talking all day about all the things in the world and let's
1: <laughs> let's they'll they'll stay with us and
0: <laughs> This is a special this, twelve inch podcast. <laughs> this is
1: podcast gold.
0: <laughs> oh it's it certainly is. Uh it's been joyous chatting to you and I'm thrilled that uh to have you to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much.
1: It's an absolute pleasure and you know what, let's do it again. I, I I'll I'll have three free different favorite things tomorrow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I just, I just might hold you to that. Absolutely. And, and Paul, in the meantime, I know the world is upside down and that, but you, uh, where can people find you online?
1: Um, online? Well, I'm, 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 on the, I'm in the usual places. I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm on the, the, Twitter thing and the and the the unmentionable f word thing and uh, I actually I've got two things I've got to sort that out I've got two different things over there on Facebook but anyway <laughs> uh, Paul Clune you can find me uh, yeah I, I do spot uh, at the moment I do Spotify playlists okay uh, every I do I try to get one out every couple of weeks and it's really just keeping my hand in with with what's current and and uh, the new the newer stuff that's that's kind of floating my boat and, and a few uh, classics or whatever as well it's just a bit of crack and um, so you can find that. Uh, it's just called the Paul McClendon show playlist.
0: Brilliant.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm keeping the Paul McClendon show. They shan't have that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So that's on Spotify. I think it's, some people are saying they're having trouble kind of getting it on Spotify, so I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not techy enough to sort that out. So if somebody listening to this is is able to, to sort out why some people can't get my Spotify playlist, then go, well, get in touch and let me know.
0: Well, I'm pretty <laughs> sure Eric Fitzgerald is listening to this right now. Well, oh, hi, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> he might be able. Yes, to sort the Hitchers, it.
1: the Hitchers fella. <laughs> yeah.
0: he might be able to sort you out with that. So, Eric, I'm making promises on your behalf. Um, oh, good
1: man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, do do sort me out, Eric. I love you forever. <laughs>
0: And obviously, uh, you were also frontman to the Undertones. Uh, the this legendary. is true. And you, I mean,
1: 22 years, you get less for murder.
0: <laughs> well, and I mean, you hopefully have gig- uh, At the time of recording, unfortunately, the world is, the portcullis yes. is, is lowering again. But um, there is a gig currently still due to happen
1: uh belfast yeah the limelight on i think it's the 18th of december yeah okay. in, 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 around that time so it's a date it's the 18th I think. uh yes looking forward to that and then hopefully hopefully for the love of god when things <laughs> <laughs> when things revert to something resembling Functional. Um, we'll be out again in, in the new year. The, I, the, the funny thing about next year is all so much stuff from this year is getting bumped in next year that we'll, we'll, we'll that we'll not be home. No, you know, if, <laughs> if all the reschedule stuff actually happens along with all the stuff that's been scheduled for next year anyway, yeah, and um, we're we're going to be very very busy, which I can't wait for. Uh, you know, it's 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 going to be great. It's going to be an absolute. Gold rush of gigging, but um,
0: brilliant. Well, definitely, um, don't, don't, definitely, till then we a, just
1: sit and hope. Yeah,
0: yeah. And you're and the undertones are, are everywhere on the internet where I, I imagine you could be found quite easily on um websites. Oh, yes, all the, all the grams and the.
1: We're like rats. You're never very far away from the undertones. You're always at least you're always at least twelve feet from an undertone.
0: <laughs> well, and uh, listen, Paul, wonderful. I really hope the gigs do kick off again and everything. And in the meantime, people can find you on the. On the, the Spotify playlist Which Eric is going to fix for you No bother Oh good man Yes
1: I, I can't wait Eric Eric, you're a star No pressure Eric No pressure
0: And because of the time of recording I think I can safely say to you uh, Have a happy Christmas Paul and-,
1: and a very happy Christmas to you too <laughs> Anne, And all the people listening to my mindless mutterings uh, A very happy Christmas And a happy new year to you all And listen thanks so much for asking me on I've really enjoyed this It's great
0: Oh thank you so much Paul You've been listening to Three Things That Matter with me, Anne Blake, a Limerick Post podcast produced by Eric Fitzgerald. Theme tune is composed by myself and performed and recorded by my lovely brother, David Blake. You can follow Limerick Post on Twitter at Limerick Post. If you enjoyed the podcast, please let others know and rate it on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at AnneBlake78. On Instagram at Anne Blake Play and the podcast on the hashtag Three Things TM.